0: light.
1: Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. We're going to go over chapter 2 of the book, Thy Kingdom Comes, and take a look at what this whole concept of kingdom is about and where it began to become apparent in the Bible. And, of course, that was with the man called Abraham, Abraham. Uh, The man of faith. The chapter is Abraham uncivilized because Abraham left cities. He did that all his life. He left Ur. He left Haran. And actually before that, he left uh, northern India because Abraham originally lived in northern India and was a part of a migration of people that took place there uh, when he was a very young person. Uh, and settled in the city of Ur. Ur was actually dug out of mud. It was completely covered by mud. The city was uh, submerged, evidently, under a large amount of earth and soil and discovered and dug out and reclaimed by a people who migrated there. Uh, They're still digging things out of Ur, finding out more and more about what Ur was, what it was at different times in history. And Ur Ur, uh, was the home of Abraham for at least part of his life. Uh, His brother Haran died in Ur. Uh, If you look at the original Hebrew, the word there actually has to do more with being put to death He was untimely uh, dying, and suddenly whatever it was uh, in relationship to his death, it upset Terah, and he took possession of his family and left uh, with Abraham and began another city-state called Haran, named after the son that had been executed or died in Ur. So what was Abraham really all about? Uh, What was his life all about? And he's an amazing man. And if you get uh, into depth where he shows up in history and so many other countries, uh, you realize that this was not just a guy walking around in sandals with a couple of camels uh, sleeping in tents. Uh, This guy had a tremendous, tremendous influence on civilizations all across the world at that time. And understanding Abraham and what he was doing will actually give us a great deal of insight into what Christ was doing, what the kingdom is all about. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Remember, Noah, was, it was counted unto him for righteousness because he was righteous in his generation. Uh, no man is really righteous except Christ but these men did believe they did act upon those beliefs and uh, that was counted important a lot of people say oh we just have to have faith we just have to believe we don't actually have to do anything we're not saved by works." but the reality is faith is an action word if you have faith you will do something you will never do enough to earn salvation. You don't have that ability, you don't have you don't have the resources to earn salvation. God never owes you salvation. That's always by grace and mercy. But if you have faith, you should be a doer of the word. The word of God written in your hearts and written in your minds. You can't just sit there and listen to the radio or watch TV or go to church and sit in a pew pu- and never say anything and tell me you believe. You, you, We judge whether you believe or not, not by what you say, but by what you do, by the fruits of what you do. It's Lord, Lord, not that's not enough. That's not believing. Believing is not a head thing. It's a conviction thing that changes the course of your life. So this idea of the civilized state and Abraham leaving these city-states and going somewhere else and doing something completely different, uh, his Hebrew wanderings, uh, is the crux of a lot of what we need to know about in order to get a grasp at what Abraham was actually doing. And he wasn't doing what most people have been telling you. He was doing something very, very unique, very uh different it was very much like what moses was doing remember abraham left haran with many souls well moses left egypt with many souls so what was egypt and haran what what did they have in common how were they related as concepts or ways of life that he would lead that he actually in apocrypha literature uh, You will find out that Abraham went back to Haran a number of times, and finally when he left, uh, the last time he left with many souls. Uh, Same with Moses. Moses went out to the desert, and he was gone for a long time, learning, contemplating, praying, wondering what it is that God wants him to do. He had to get get out of the city and uh, get to a quiet place. I've been out here in the wilderness for 30 years, and uh, I'm coming back now to tell you what Abraham was telling them, what Moses was telling them, and what Jesus Christ was telling them. You know, where was Jesus Christ from the age of 12 to 30? He seems to be missing. Well, there's a lot of Apocrypha that tells where he was. He was out in the wilderness. Uh, They talk about 40 days in the wilderness, but there was actually many years that Jesus did a lot of traveling around. Uh, It's not in the Bible. It doesn't contradict the Bible. But it's in the books that Eusebius did not include in the Bible. If he included all the books that were available to early Christians in the Bible, you couldn't lift it because it would have been huge. So he had to narrow it down, and he narrowed it down to some of the basics, but the other Apocrypha often point to those basics and enhance that, just like knowing history of the time will enhance your understanding of the Bible because you'll be reading it in the context of the events of the time. If you knew nothing about Rome, nothing about how the Roman government worked, how uh, Herod's government worked, what went on uh, in the history before Christ appears on the scene, it would be very difficult to understand what was going on. You would know who's Herod, who's Pontius Pilate, who's Caesar. I don't know who these people are or what Rome's doing there. It doesn't explain all that in the Bible you know that from studying history, then when you read the Bible, the story is much richer. See, a lot of people believe that the Romans had conquered Judea at that time. No, they weren't. They hadn't conquered Judea. They didn't conquer Judea until many years after Christ's resurrection. What they had done was been invited into Judea as a world peacekeeping force. Uh, one of the big mistakes that Rome thought that it should try to do is become the policeman for the world. And of course, it eventually bankrupted them. A aspect of history that is still not yet learned today. <laughs> so, because modern Roman governments are doing the same thing and they are being bankrupted by it. Well, the key is, and this is a lesson actually I've just le- recently learned, is that in beginning congregations, beginning churches of record, uh, the people have to do their work first. You can't put together a congregation for somebody and hand it to them on a silver platter because they won't appreciate it. They won't cultivate it. Uh, it's like having, uh, someone was telling me they had put together a big, huge garden, and they took a section of it and offered it to somebody, and they never came to use it. And eventually they harvested a huge amount of crops out of it, and they took it, took a lot of the extra stuff to the people who were poor and and uh, were having a hard time of it, and they gave them all those vegetables and said, here, you can prepare these and can these, and it'll help you get through the winter. They all went to waste. They never, they never canned them. They never took care of them. They never did anything with them. And it's pretty much that way with a congregation. If you hand somebody a congregation that hasn't gone through the struggle and difficulty of building that congregation, building the trust required in that congregation, they, they'll let it all rot. They'll let it all go to waste. They'll turn it into compost because they don't understand what it means to be a servant of the people and that's what the church is the church is supposed to be a servant of the people it's not the kingdom it's a kingdom jesus i appoint unto them a kingdom in other words a dominion a jurisdiction but that's separate from the kingdom uh or at least most of the people in the kingdom because it's the titular servants of his government. Uh, It would be your senators, congressmen, etc., except they're not lawmakers in the church. They can't exercise authority. Uh, They'll collect your taxes, but you have to choose what you want to pay in to that government. The other governments that you have gone and chosen for yourself, they will decide. They will make laws for you and tell you what you need to give today and what you give tomorrow and what you get back. Now, the church may decide what it wishes to give you back, but you have to decide what to give it. And if you don't see it doing a good job as the government of God, don't give to it anymore. If you really see it doing that job, then you should support it. But that's your choice. That's the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world. And that's also the difference between Haran and what Abraham was doing. That's the difference between Ur and what Abraham was doing. See, it wasn't that he was in Ur and now he's in Haran. is that he was in a city-state at all. A city-state involves several different concepts. Um, two of the major concepts are a trust and a corporation. Now, a cor- corporation is two or more people gathered together for a particular purpose, as if they were one person uh, or one body, under a pre-existing authority. Now, the first corporation was Adam and Eve, but we don't call that a corporation, we call that a family. And it's kind of a corporate soul, or what the state has now created in its place, which they call a corporate soul. But when it was created by God, when that was the pre-existing authority, then this was the kingdom of God from generation to generation. And those who were righteous in that generation to generation even though they themselves may not have been righteous, was counted as righteousness by God. Ergo, Noah. But Abraham was in the city-state and left. He had a place to go. There's a lot of wilderness out there, and he became this wanderer. He left. He was no longer a part of the corporate state. He left his nativity. He expatriated. (coughs) That's what he did. He expatriated from the Kingdom of Iran. He was no longer a part of that city-state, that corporate state. You see, you can't create a corporate state unless you take some of your rights. When God created rights, He invested them in individuals. And that's where the rights come from. All rights of government come from individuals. God never invested any rights in government, except for the church, but it doesn't have any exercising authority, so it doesn't really count As most governments, although it is one form of government, it isn't a government that exercises authority one over the other. But a corporation is where you take somebody's rights, personal rights, and invest it into a body of men, usually by a social contract, uh, whereby some smaller group of men may act on their behalf. Now, can they make treaties? Well, they could if you give them that power to make treaties. The Bible says never give them that power if you have to create a government and you're going to write a constitution it says to write in there that you never give them the power to make treaties. Yeah, that's what it says in the Bible. Hasn't as your minister told you where that's at? <laughs> it also says you, he's not to have a central bank where he has this huge treasury at his disposal. He can't exercise authority and force you to contribute Uh, 10%, 20%, 30%. He can't force you to contribute anything because he's supposed to operate by faith, hope, and charity. Uh, That's hard for a lot of people to accept, but it's in the Bible, and we go through it in this book. We go through it in the Free Church Report, and we show you where that's at. They want to gloss over that and cover over that, but that's what God said. If you do anything other than that, you're rejecting God. And, of course, that's what we've done, and we've gone into bondage again. And so now we're going to set the scene by looking at Abraham. How did he get all those many souls out of bondage? Well, let's go back a little bit to this generation upon generation. The union of man and woman is of the law of nature. Man is a term of nature, person of the civil law. That would be the civil state well man in his natural state and man and woman in their natural state are under the authority of god but a man and woman under marriage by license of the state is under the state and if you don't believe me go read holy matrimony versus marriage first chapter of the book the covenants of the gods available online for free doesn't cost you anything but your delusions so anyway that's one way in which you enter into the city-state. There are many other ways. You go and get free benefits by participation. Uh, where does, how does the city-state provide you with free education, public school? It sends men with guns down to your neighbor's house to force them to contribute to you, or you will take their land away from them and their home away from them, and throw them out in the street in the pouring down rain, and say, you fend for yourselves, we want free education, and these men are here to guarantee it by taking away from you. And then you tell me you're a Christian. Well, I'm sorry, I don't see it. (laughs) I just don't see it. Now, I know you've been deceived. Men have been tickling your ears and saying, oh, don't pay any attention to that. But I'm telling you, hey, let's look at the man behind the curtain, and let's find out what's really going on, let's find out how they magically give you free education. They don't. They take it from your neighbor. And there was a law against that way back even before the Ten Commandments. There was a law against that, of coveting your neighbor's goods. And that's what the state does. That's a, They get you to commit the crime of coveting your neighbor's goods, and they got you. You're snared. Not a lot of people today want to think, oh, we're not snared. We can just come out because Jesus has saved us. Well, Jesus saved you, but then you went and made new contracts. You are again entangled in the elements of the world back into bondage. Now, did Jesus come and say, okay, everybody, rescind your contracts. Make your yeses no now. And uh, don't worry about the fact that it looks like in your word that you did accept those benefits. You did play a part of the game. You did dance to the fiddle music. You don't have to pay because I paid for everything. He didn't say that. The Bible is clear that you will again become merchandise because of your covetousness. Peter tells us that. Through covetousness they shall make merchandise of you. You can't undo their own say-so. You've created a surety relationship with you, and the Bible tells you what to do. It doesn't say rescind your contracts. It doesn't say that anywhere. I don't know who brought up this idea, but it's been around for a long time. Now, I'm I'm saying don't make more contracts. I'm saying come together and learn to do without the benefits of Pharaoh. And that's what Moses said. That's what Abraham said. That's what Jesus said. Now, the guys who say, no, just run for it, you're free, they're lying to you. Well, maybe they've been deceived too, but that is not the plan. The plan is where two or more gather together in my name, there also I am, if you got two or three or four people together, you got a congregation. Uh, if you've got a congregation, why isn't your congregation gathering with other congregations? If the Spirit in you is to come together in the name of Christ, then your congregation should want to come together in the name of Christ. You know what you're doing? You're being the church. <laughs> and you start doing that. You're, now, the other guys who are tickling the ears and seducing everybody into bondage, that's not the church. And I understand when you use the word church, you think of them, you think, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with the church. Well, do you want to have anything to do with the freedom? Do you want to have anything to do with liberty under God? Then that you want to have something to do with his church, not my church. It's not a corporation that I'm creating. Christ created it, I'm just trying to conform to it. And that's what Abraham was doing. He was trying to conform to the ways of God instead of the ways of the city-state. He was trying to set men free and leading many souls to that freedom by setting up his altars, which we will not go into in detail here, but we will end the next chapter or two. <laughs> so the state becomes the father of the people when the people go to the state and ask permission to marry ask permission to be educated. It's the father that is supposed to educate the children. So who educated you? Was it your father, your mother, or was it the state? You see, the state takes on the rights of the father when the fathers turn over their responsibilities to the state, and the state becomes the patrimonial authority. And patrimonial authorities have a right to impose tribute, excise taxes on your labor. Always, and we go into this in detail in the Covenants of the Gods, excise in its origin is the patrimonial right of emperors and kings. Patrimony, patry, patry, father, the right of the father to impose taxes upon his children. That's one of the misunderstood quotes in the Bible, but we won't go into that right now when Jesus says who pays the tax?" Well, there are, there are the, the uh, adopted children <laughs> and the actual children of the king who will be king too. And so that you have to make that distinction or to understand that quote. But anyway, you're under new management. You're not under the management of God. You're under the management of men because you've gone to men and prayed to men for benefits that the men have supplied you by taking away from your neighbor. See, when people went to Pharaoh, he was giving them what he had accumulated. He didn't have the power to tax all the people of Egypt. He did after the famine, and that's the same way it happened in America. We call it the Depression. After the Depression, everybody came out of the Depression and had signed up, and now they owe their new father, who lives in Washington, D.C. Now, there's a long history to it. It didn't just start with the Depression. It didn't just start with the Civil War. But these were major turning events in the course of our path to either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Rome. We become a part of the corpus of the state, the organized state, and we have entered into that, and the state has become our congressman of our government, and now we must, parents patria, obey the father. We have a pamphlet out on that. We cover it in several of the chapters of different books. Call no man father. When he he said that, he was talking about patria. Uh, He used the word patri, which is both the Greek and the Latin word for father and is the term to address all the senators of Rome. And he's saying, call no man on earth father, but my father in heaven. Where do you pray? Do you pray to your father in heaven or do you pray to your father in Rome for your benefits, for your daily bread? Give us this our daily bread. Where do you get your daily bread? Where do you get your supplies? you get it from men who call themselves benefactors but are not really benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. So anyway, uh, what's a state? Well, there's the state of freedom, and then there is capital state, the state of a corporate state. Uh, Howard Scott once said, a person with predatory instincts who has not sufficient capital to form a corporation. That is the definition of a criminal and uh, once you form that corporation by the consent of those people and that corporation right you fall under their authority now did you create all the corporations no but you created the corporation of the united states and the corporation of the united states has changed in its relationship to the people and it now creates other corporations and you're under this huge pyramid of corporate power and you're in egypt again welcome. Now, how do we get to the kingdom of God? We'll talk about it.
0: You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount gold and silver trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is... The Apostate Church, The Whore That Rides the Beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com.
1: As we've been doing, Uh, this is a lot packed into this one chapter. I doubt I'll get to the end of it. Uh, But I want you to know that there are meetings going on in different parts of the country. You'll find out about them on the Living Network, which you have to actually join. You have to eventually pick a contact minister to get full access to the information that's coming through the Living Network. Go to hisholychurch.info and join up and become a doer of the word Uh, we hear about earthquakes Uh, you haven't heard anything yet you're going to hear a lot more about that and you're going to need to depend upon each other now if you're just looking to be saved don't bother joining the network if you're looking to help others uh, then you're more than welcome so come on and join that network don't just sit there and listen to the radio we got a meeting here in Oregon in Vail coming up next week uh, there are meetings going on in Illinois uh, today. Uh, there are meetings uh, from time to time in Texas uh, in different parts, and we need to grow that network. We need to be that network. We need to be the kingdom and not just talk about it. So do that, and uh, we'll keep doing our job. Uh, if you want to support us, go ahead. If you want to read the book, Thy Kingdom Come, over and over again, I mean, it's on the net, but don't depend on the net. Uh, You can order it from us, uh, and we'll send it to you. Uh, But you can read it, download it, print it out on the net uh, if you want. But it's full of information. It'll take you on a journey that no other minister I know of will take you on. Uh, I wish I knew them. If there were some, we do have ministers that are starting to see and understand this material. But I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. So we were talking about the city-states, and Abraham kept uh, leaving those. Uh, They were composed of both a corporation and a trust. The trust was that you gave a part of your right to somebody to exercise. And uh, and you did this by giving responsibilities that are correlative to rights for them to be responsible for. Instead of you being responsible for education, you've made the state responsible. Instead of you being uh, responsible for the welfare of your family, the welfare of your neighbor, and the welfare of your community, you gave it to the state, and you gave it to a state that had the power to exercise authority one over the other and force the contributions of the people. No state like that will stand. Samuel is very adamant about it, calls Saul foolish for thinking that his state would stand by forcing a sacrifice of the people, even for national defense. And that's still the, the law today, and because it's built into creation. So a corporation is a formation of a legal or political bias, what the Constitution was. It was a corporation created by the states. And now the states are corporations created by the federal government. You know, it's kind of the worm has turned thing. In civil law, the union of one domain to another. Well, the first corporations created by men, the first city-state corporations created by men. Remember, the family was a corporation created by God, therefore we don't call it a corporation, we call it a family. Uh, but the corporations created by men, the city-states, was the union of one domain to another. Whose domain? Your domain to another. If you're a part of the corporate state, your domain is fused with another domain the individuality that God has given you has been diluted and decreased. We have a new book coming out, Higher Liberty, and uh, we talk about that in not a great deal. of deal. It's a short book. It's a real hard-hitting introductory book, and uh, you'll find it of interest. Those who are on the network are already going to be able to see it as soon as their sea ministers or contact ministers send out uh, where they can find that on the web pages. An unalienable right, an unalienable right, an inalienable right, whatever you want to call it, people say that can't be taken away. Not, not to be separated, given away, taken away, unalienable. But the fact is, you can still have that right and not be able to reach it. <laughs> You're in bars, in a prison, where your arm is not long enough... To access that right, because you have obligations that you have created that you must fulfill, and that therefore you may still have the right, but you can't get to it. It's kind of like we tease people with the straw man thing, and that, oh they say well they created a straw man we don't have to or I have control of my straw man. I says you well, you have control over it, but when they throw your straw man in jail, you'll be sitting there with them, keeping them company. Uh, so, you know, be careful of a lot of this patriot rhetoric. This, uh, All you're doing is listening to another group of people tickling your ears for large sums of money, and they get you into a lot of trouble, and then you can't even find their phone number. So be cautious. Count the cost. Find out what you're doing before you run off half-cocked and get yourself and your family in water over your head. Too many people have drowned it by listening to people who only have bits and pieces of the puzzle but are really good salesmen, uh... they're really good talkers i'm not a good salesman i'm not here to tickle your ears i'm not here to convince you to buy my thousand dollar packet my two thousand my five thousand my thirty five thousand (laughs) dollar packet everything we have that you need to know on the basics is on the net now if you want me to work daily for you you know i got to make a living. The laborer is worthy of hire, but I don't put a price on it. You have to decide. And if I don't see the charity of God in you, I'm going to go where I find it. Uh, that's just the way it works. Uh, you know, uh, have a nice day. Uh, but I'm not here to get your money, but I'm not here to starve my children either. Everything, if you can get through these books, and still need more questions, I answer them. I answer the phone. And I will come to your uh, group, and I will explain these things as best I can. I will show you how to do it. But you have to do it yourself. I cannot put together your congregations. I cannot do all the stuff for you. You have to start accepting your responsibilities back. You have to be the kingdom. You have to start caring about others as much as you care about yourself. If I don't see that quality, have a nice day. I have to go elsewhere where I see that quality and give my time to those people. And that's the that's the rule that I've I've neglected, shamefully neglected in the past, and I re, I am repenting. <laughs> so anyway, a city state is both a trust and a corporation. You're blood, your flesh, is put into the pot. And your breath gives the corporation life. It's not a dead entity. It's alive because it has living entities in it. And God so loves those living entities that he gave his only begotten son that they might be saved from that world. And so the members of the church, the ministers of the church, need to have that same spirit. They want to save the people. They, w- they want them to be saved. We, we can't really save anybody, but God can save you if you have faith in God. But we want to be instruments of Christ. We want to be good shepherds like Christ, and we want to lead you to the salvation of liberty under Christ. We don't want you to belong to us or our church or our congregation. We want you to belong to Christ and then congregate freely as free souls under God. And this is what Abraham was doing with his altars. You'll be surprised what his altars are. Some of you will want to burn me at the stake when you find out what his altars were. But he was preaching what Christ was preaching. Problem is, people... I mean, he was preaching what Moses was preaching. Moses and Christ were in agreement, clearly, by the New Testament. But the Pharisees were not in agreement with Christ because they had turned what Moses was doing into something different. And that's what your modern church has done to, or has been done to them. Now, there are many men in the modern church that will repent once they see the truth. Unfortunately, it probably will not be the majority. Remember, the majority crucified Christ. The substance that you put into the corporate state is your own substance, your own dominion, your own rights, because you have them providing what you should have provided for each other. A body of freemen does not admit a valuation, but a corporation does. The social contract agreement or covenant by which men are said to have abandoned the state of nature to form the society in which they now live assumes that men at First, lived in a state of anarchy where there was no society, no government no organized uh, coercion of the individual by the group by the social contract men had surrendered their natural liberties in order to enjoy the order and safety of the organized state that's the Columbia Encyclopedia uh 1968 explaining to you what you've done you've surrendered your liberties. puritans understood this uh puritans in massachusetts vowed to build a city of god on earth the city they built however required conformity to the temporal and religious standards dictated by them although persecuted themselves in England. Puritans in Massachusetts persecuted those who did not abide by their strict beliefs. Now, I don't want to give them too hard a time, but, you know, there was this backlash. And I see it when people are forming congregations. that Right away, they want to set up a board of directors and bylaws that start regulating the minister, They want to give land to Christ to use as his church, but they want to keep control over that land for themselves. This is not casting your bread upon the waters. This is not a community operating by faith, hope, and charity. This is just a watered-down version of the corporate state. We don't want to get into that realm. Now, we may have to use some of those instruments in our process of returning to that natural state, But we must never lose sight of our goal, which is true liberty under God the Father. And and the fact is, I believe some men have never really had that vision in mind. And that's why they keep returning to the idea of gathering a group of men who can exercise authority over another portion of their group. Or over each other. The majority. Ruling over the minority. Uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, My sons, if sinners entice thee, thou not. If they say, Come with us, cast in thy lot among us. You know, that portion, that corporate donation. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. To take the blood of who? Their neighbor. Surely in vain the net that they're spreading is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. When you create that pot, that's another section we won't get into here But they talk about that. Look up cauldron in your King James. Uh, uh, cauldron of flesh, where we be the flesh. Let's build a city where we be the flesh in the in the cauldron. That's what... You, you go read employee versus enslaved. And you'll see a remarkable analogy used by the men who devised the system of social security they refer to it as a cauldron (laughs) they actually use the word just like the bible but most people aren't even familiar with the part in the bible where it talks about building a city that is cauldron where we be the flesh but that's what they wanted to do is return to the flesh pots of egypt most of the Egyptians were vegetarian. What are they talking about? You were the flesh in the flesh pots of Egypt, from which they did freely eat, taking a bite out of one another. These, these metaphors are all in the Bible, but you never hear them in the corporate church because they're putting you in the pot because they're not doing what the early church did, which was to provide you with an alternative to selling your soul to Pharaoh and this is what Abraham was doing. Allegiance is defined as the tie or obligation implied or expressed which uh, subject owes to his sovereign or government. The duty of fidelity of one's king, government, or state. So who's your king? Wh- who's your state? Are you in the kingdom of heaven? Are you back in the world? Are you back entangled in the bondage of the world? The Latin word legere, meaning to bind, is where we get the word lex legis, often translated law. There's another word in the Latin, law, uh, jus juris, which means just right and fair. These two words are both translated law, but they mean two different things. One has to do with the natural law that already exists, created into the universe by God. And the other one has to do with the law of contract, where you bind yourself. You still have your rights, but you also have your obligations. And you're so busy fulfilling your obligations, you never get the chance to exercise your rights. And there's a lot of people out there going around saying, Oh, just forget about your obligations, your contracts, make your yeses no, just do it with a wave of a pen, and go run for it. That's not what Christ said. (laughs) I have repeated that now. You need to get that. If you don't, you're running out ahead of the Lord. You need to start caring about one another and start coming together to care for one another before the flood, before the earthquake, before the tornado, before or whatever it is that's going to happen. And before disaster strikes, turn to God. Don't just wait till the last minute. The door may be sealed before the rain comes. Don't be the foolish virgin. And you're going to be banging on that door. Let me in, let me in. And Jesus tells you, merciful Jesus, loving Jesus tells you, too late. Stop wasting. So state can be a status. Are you in the corporate state or are you a free soul under God? Corporation is a fiction, but the obligation is not. The corporation has no life of its own, but it has a lot of life. It has the flesh and bones of the people that are in it, the life and breath of the people that are in it. Which day it is, not near, let us build us a house, this city is the cauldron, and we be the flesh. Go look it up, Ezekiel 11.3. And all the people break off their golden earrings, which were in their ears. And brought them unto Aaron, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Exodus 32. What are they talking about? They're giving in something. That was just a beginning. It, it got worse, and eventually it did get worse when they started the voice of the people, elected a, a government that could exercise authority one over the other with Saul and David they had, they were rejecting God when they did that they had another system that worked real good for 400 years it had some bad periods but it was only when they strayed from the precepts of loving thy neighbor as thyself Micah who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them and they break their bones and chop them in pieces for the pot and a flesh within the cauldron. What are they talking about? Are you doing that? Have you been taking a bite out of your neighbor? Have you been doing that and then telling people that you're a Christian? Actually, I can tell you where that quote is in employee Versus slave. Uh One could look into the cauldron in which the government and the people of the United States were moving around in in response to a new idea, a new deal. That's Francis Perkins, Secretary of Labor, nineteen thirty three to nineteen forty five. The development of the Social Security Act by Edwin E. White or WIT W I T T E. I'm sure you've all read that book thoroughly before you signed into Social Security. I'm sure you've all read the Social Security Act thoroughly and understood the terms of the agreement before you signed up. You say, oh, no, my dad just signed me up. Well, hey, your dad can sign you up because your dad is the patrimonial authority of your life. But when he signed you up, you got a new patrimonial authority in your life. And there are obligations with that. And you cannot wave the wand of Jesus and make that go away because Jesus said, make your yeses yes. If you've taken the benefit, you are now a surety. If you want to know what you need to do, Remember the ant. That's what the Bible says. Remember the ant. And you should know what that says there. (laughs) Oh sluggard, don't slumber. Get your act together and start working towards the kingdom. Stop telling people to come out. Start at the beginning. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God and all else will be provided unto you. And then, when you've got that going for you and your neighbor in community, in congregations, in a network that reaches all across the world, you will be ready to come out of them. As a matter of fact, they'll spit you out, they'll throw you out. Now, when they do, it's going to be a pretty hard times. It's going to be a pretty wilderness, and the cover will be pretty bare. But if you just want to go stock up and run to the hills, Head out. Have a nice day. But if you want to seek the kingdom, that's about coming together. It's not about running away. It's not about hiding. It's by looking for the lost sheep and gathering together in the spirit and character of Christ. And the children of Israel said unto them, The land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots. I'll tell you where to look. Exodus 16, 3 and we did eat bread to the full, bread made of the bones of their neighbors, because that's where the benefits come from. The corpus of the state dissipates as it uh, robs and squanders both the people and their princes. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch, and he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. The civil law in is what people establish for itself. Just civilly est quod constitute constituit. You establish it for yourselves. You have to go out of the presence of God to do it, just like Cain. And then you can create the corporate state, the civil state, for yourself. That's what you've been doing. And your church should have been telling you otherwise because that's what Christ said. Don't swear any oaths. What agreements do you have? Don't covet your neighbor's goods. If you love me, keep my commandments. The Bible tells us not to make these agreements. And we did it. Now we're paying the price. But there's hope. There's salvation. Turn around. Let's go the other way. Turn around. Seek the kingdom. And as righteousness, you can't do that unless you're seeking the others. Because you got to love the others, the lost, just as much as you love yourself. So everything you do must have a portion of thought for others finding those others reaching out to those others bringing those others in together into the fold I got sheep out here they got brains you could pull in the palm of your hands they've got that figured out how come you don't have that figured out why are you running here and there why are you hiding? Why aren't you seeking the kingdom, which means the other people, because you love them as much as you love yourselves? You see, it's really simple. It's not complicated. All these facts and information that I give in these books, that's just to hit you over the head to get your attention. (laughs) Pay attention. Are you loving your neighbor or are you just running from the powers that be? Are you hiding out? Are you thinking kingdom or just your little local comfortable congregation? Get your little crowd together in the living room and we'll all talk about how great the kingdom is. You got to start thinking kingdom.